0: Welcome, everyone, to Orenthal Redux. We are re-releasing our original short series, Orenthal, with new editing and music. Three years ago, we started our podcast with this actual play, with no idea of where it would lead. Taking place over a 100 years before our current actual play adventures, our characters in Orenthal looked for clues and hunted for a secret foe who instigated devious plots within the city. Hi, everyone. I'm Tony, the Dungeon Master of the campaign, and with me here are the following players.
1: Hi, I'm Adam. I'm going to be playing Sildon. He is a wood elf, way of the Kensei monk.
2: Hi, this is Bethany. I'm playing Saria, an Asamar Order of the Immortal mystic.
3: Hi, I'm Chris. I'm going to be playing Daryl, a human evocation wizard. Hello,
4: I'm Nick. I'm going to be playing Tor, a dwarven inquisitive rogue.
5: I'm Rachel and I'm playing Kalima, the half-elf domain of the Grave Cleric.
0: And we would all like to welcome you to Orenthal. Before we begin, I want to give a special shout out to that geek1234. We received an email from them who also titled him as our biggest fan. I just wanted to say from all of us at the cast of D Raw, happy birthday. We really love hearing from all of our fans out there, and I'm glad that you're really enjoying the show. We are looking to bring rules episodes back, we're looking to record some in the near future, so listen out for any announcements on that. But again, I just wanted to say that geek1234, we're wishing you the happiest of birthdays. Thank you so much for all of your support. We really do appreciate hearing from you, and hope you have an absolutely fantastic birthday week. Now, on to the show. Ornthal Redux, Episode 10. We should discuss this. Last time, as Tor began to learn what Bai actually wanted from him, and how his memories have been affected, the rest of the party faced off against Fulmer and dealt with this strange entity, an intellect devourer, that had invaded her mind. As the party gathered up clues, they prepared to head on to where Kalima had sensed the three undead entities that seemed to be coming from where they had met Vral and Gerbo the night before.
2: Kalima's gonna lead us where she sensed their presence and... Yep. Ebroth? That's the dog's name? Ebroth. Well, beyond the scent?
3: Yes. I will tell breath to try and find the scent of rotting or dead flesh.
0: Okay. So as you guys are proceeding onward, you make your way to the building where you had initially met Vral and Gerbo. Going around to the, the back where you knew the fake wall was, you inch it open and begin to proceed down the stairs. As you begin to proceed down the stairs, you see the door at the bottom and Kalima, you realize this after a second or two as you go and grab the door handle and begin to open it as you're you you recall your the wood creaked as you stepped downwards this time it didn't and as you begin to turn the door you realize there's no sound as the door's opening no creak no creak of the hinges and as you open up you see what seems like almost chaos in front of you for a moment as The two shadow mastiffs are holding what seemed to be a shadow against the wall, each of them having part of it and seem to be pulling. You watch as a figure is holding up this human who is stabbing repeatedly at it, but the blade doesn't seem to be penetrating skin as a second figure rushes up and a hand crossbow in uh, the muscular man's uh, left hand fires into this thug that just quickly drops to the ground. As you initially walk in, the the figure holding up the thug turns to you and you see a tiger's head, huge claws holding a, a, a hand crossbow that immediately turns to you and then holds. And you see the tiger seems to be growling almost. It's got a humanoid shape and it takes you a moment, all of you, as you get to the bottom of the stairs, and realize it's wearing Vral's armor. Oh. And as he pulls the blade out of the thug that was in the air, the thug drops again and attempts to seem to strike at his leg over and over. The blade though, while piercing his armor, doesn't seem to protrude any further. And Vral just turns his hand crossbow and fires again into the thug. As his form shifts out, you see the fangs in his mouth uh, recede into normal human teeth. His fur pulls back into his his elegant, well-groomed black hair again as he seems to stretch his neck and just holds up one finger. And as you wait that moment, suddenly sound seems to return to the room. And you see as the two shadow mastiffs seem to just pull apart the shadow against the wall and it deteriorates and Vral, now standing before you, goes, Well, I suppose we should discuss this. (laughs) Uh Uh-huh. That would be most appreciated. As Vral kind of starts to sheathe his dagger, you see him suddenly, like, grip his head for a moment and look over to you, Saria, and just say, What was that for?
2: I didn't do anything.
0: Everyone make a perception check for me.
1: I rolled a nat 1. (laughs)
3: 12.
2: Fourteen.
0: Fourteen. For Ebroth. Nineteen. Immediately you hear, over there, as he (laughs) kind of gestures like to a chair that's turned over. You guys peek around and immediately see a very tiny brain looking thing start to- Kill it with fire!
3: Kill it! (laughs) I would like to shoot a a firebolt at it.
0: Firebolt. Yes. Go ahead and make an attack roll. Sixteen to hit. 16 hits, roll your damage.
3: Aw, oh, awesome. That is a max damage. You Whoa. rolled 210? <laughs> I did.
0: So Daryl, very <laughs> focused as you see this thing and just hold, gather your arcane energy, release the bolt of flame, just slams in this thing. In your heads, you all hear for a moment like, ah! and it just stops moving. Excellent.
1: Vral just looks over and is like, uh, what is that? That's what we've been dealing with.
2: Uh, I believe that is what is referred to as an intellect devourer. It's not the first one we've seen today.
0: I think we all need to sit and share some information then.
2: Yeah, I think that would be beneficial.
0: At this, you see he kind of checks his hand crossbow for a moment and then just hooks it back onto his belt before picking up one of the fallen chairs and sits down in it. Well, who wants to share first?
3: So you're not? Just a, uh, human
0: He turns actually over his shoulder and you see the, the two shadow mastiffs behind him He just whistles at one of them And it runs off towards the other door that uh, you guys have seen him go through before Okay Sorry, uh,
1: no, I am not just human These explain your cat-like tendencies
2: Feline qualities Uh, I was going to say, does he still look like a cat right now?
0: Currently, no. He shifted out of the the cat form. So he
2: looks like the way he did when we met him.
0: Yep. Slicked back, black hair. You actually do notice this time, though, he's got a a slight burn across the side of his jaw. It looks very fresh. Sorry, these were not the only ones to come in. The others, it's only two others, ran off down that hall.
2: You're saying there's two that escaped?
0: Some time ago. Oh, I was going to say, should we give chase? But Chances are by this point you won't find them anytime soon. That's what I'm trying to see if my good little wolf will go and track their scent. But no, I am not just human. I am a were-tiger.
1: Can I roll a uh, history check? Checks, Gordon?
2: checks, yeah. checks, uh, That's checks. nature. <laughs> okay, nature.
1: That's 16.
2: 17 for Saria.
0: 13.
2: Eighteen.
0: All of you know that as a were-tiger, it's a form of lycanthropy, which is kind of a curse. Anyone bitten by anyone who has lycanthropy has can transform into an, a type of animal. Between Saria, Sildan, and Kalima, though, specifically, you know weretigers tigers tend to keep to themselves for the most part. And most of the time, they tend to stay in jungles and away from civilization rather than be right smack dab in the middle of everything. They also tend to be neutral. They don't side one way or another. They're other. They're much more in taking care of themselves. They don't tend to lean in any sort of alignment direction. Whereas you do know other uh, lycanthropes have a very specific kind of alignment to them. It's something that actually changes the person infected with it. I contracted this quite some time ago.
2: You seem to be using it to your advantage.
0: People usually assume I'm more than human, considering they can't hurt me in the normal way. Simple blades, and you see him, he picks up one of the the short swords that the thug was holding, and he just kind of like smacks his own arm with it, but you see it can't penetrate his skin. They do nothing to me. He just drops it back down.
3: You'd think being the leader of the Shadow Wolves, you'd be more of a werewolf (laughs) than (laughs) were-tiger.
0: I didn't say it was my choice, did I?
3: Have you thought about renaming your group?
0: <laughs> <laughs> I still prefer to hunt in the night. I like wolves as well.
2: I mean, that answers a question, but not any of the pressing questions such as who were those thugs and why was it intellect like, devour after you?
0: I don't know why that thing was after me, but they were mine. The thugs. They were yours? They were my men. So they turned on you? I don't think it's that simple. This intellect devourer you said, I would guess, was in one of them?
2: Tony, uh, sorry, I'd like to go and check out the bodies to see if I can, you know, notice any, like, missing brains or something like that. (laughs) Go ahead. (laughs) Uh,
0: Make a medicine check.
2: Okay, I wasn't sure if that was investigation or medicine.
0: I'd like to
3: ask Ebron if he smells the scent of any other intellect devourers in the area.
2: That's uh, a twenty-one.
0: Okay. Everett starts to, to smell a little bit. Kalima, did you want to do something?
5: Yeah, I was just wondering, the door we came in, is it still open or closed? Or
0: It's currently open behind you.
5: Okay, I think I would walk over and kind of just pull it closed and kind of stand in front of it, just so that we aren't suddenly ambushed while everybody seems to be doing searching and <laughs> investigating. Good call. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: You do see Vral at this point is kind of getting some sort of uh, herb out and he's wiping it on the burn at the side of his his jaw as you're going to inspect this.
3: I'm going to ask Vral
0: uh, how he got the burn if
3: normal weapons don't affect him.
0: Okay, but before that, based off of your medicine check, Saria, as you go through, the others, as far as you can tell, like they have brains in their skull.
2: As far as I can tell, they have brains. As far as you can tell,
0: <laughs> the one that was closest to the intellect devourer that you saw, uh-huh. as you kind of go to inspect him, there is a, a hollower sound within his skull as you're kind of looking him over
2: you make it sound like i'm <laughs> smacking this empty melon against well you're the kind floor. of you're looking in the
0: ears because the ear is the only indication you've had so far that there's been any sort of interference and this is the only one that has fresh cuts and scars in the ear
2: okay then i will share that with the group it looks like uh this guy over here had an intellect devourer probably that one i'm pointing to what i assume is just a pile of like scorched mush that was yeah. the intellect devourer yep
0: yeah. You would also know based off your previous role of Intellect Devourers that if its host is rendered unconscious, or basically brought to zero HP for mechanics terms, it immediately is forced out of the head.
2: Okay, so I'll say to I think you uh, forced the Intellect Devourer out when uh, you took this guy down.
0: That's good at least. Exposed it. He kind of like stretches and cracks and- I was
3: wondering, how did you get the burn on your face if normal weapons don't affect you?
0: Some, I think it was a dragonborn? It was wearing a hood and cloak. It it entered behind the others, and its first attack was to breathe lightning on me. Dragonborn, dragonborn huh?
3: Dragonborn yeah. smell bad,
2: maybe? Terrible. Like death?
0: Quite, in fact.
2: <sighs> oh, boy.
0: However, as soon as- this dragonborn's minion started attacking, I think she realized she's the only one that could hurt me and ran.
3: I will turn to Ebreth and ask if he still smells the dragonborn in the air, if we wanted to try and track him.
0: Roll 2d20s and take the higher.
2: I would ask him, was it a male or a female dragonborn, just to confirm?
0: Hmm, female, I believe. Okay. Couldn't tell from the brief glance underneath the hood.
2: That's interesting.
3: I rolled a ten as the higher.
2: Ooh.
0: Okay, so you, I don't smell anything. <laughs> Lots of death in here.
2: Yeah, that's that's accurate. As
0: you see, like three dead bodies on the ground. <laughs>
2: yes. Good job, Ebrith. Excellent deduction. <laughs> so what we've learned. So Ro- I Yeah, you're a weird tiger.
0: My story, or should you talk to me more about these intellect devours?
2: Tell us yours, but just give us the highlights.
0: Fine. There's a reason I know so much about where Sildan's from because I come from there myself once (gasps) upon a time. There was a time where I lived within the Rugorum Woods.
1: So you are from my homeland.
0: I am from Esenthias, yes. My parents were hunters and as they took me out, we were nearly killed in an orc raid. I was left near dead and a strange woman came up to me and bit me, saying that I would thank her later. A woman? I never did see her again, but it did change me. And as he kind of talks, you see he, he smiles and his teeth sharpen for a moment and then go back to their normal form. By changing me, it healed me. It kept me alive. I spent some time in those woods, but I grew bored, so I traveled. Eventually coming here, and decided to make this urban setting my woods and my jungle to hunt. That is my story.
2: In the highlights. Okay, that was great. Uh, interesting <laughs> stuff. But about the intellect of ours, because I think that's a little more pressing. Though I'm glad yes. you you and Sildon do You're not related or something, right?
1: I'm not uh, an elf. No. Okay. He's a human. <laughs>
2: Could have been a half-elf in disguise. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Not quite.
2: So DM, can we just sort of summarize what happened with Fulmar?
0: Yeah, that's fine. That will take you some time as you kind of uh, go in over what happened with Fulmar, what you found out, and that it seems like Intellect Devourers might be the cause of some of the disappearances. As the party's filling in Vrawl on what they've learned, we're going to jump over to Tor just as he was reaching out to collect his research papers. As you touch them, you feel almost like a weight leave your body, a weight you didn't even realize was there. You feel a lightness to you as something seems to leave, and as it does, a flash of images comes to your mind. You recall your research again. You recall studying Darakul and studying what they could do. You would occasionally take some alive, which was frowned upon by members of your clan but at the time you felt this was the only way to truly understand what they were capable of and as you studied them as you investigated these creatures this data cool as you realized the word came to you because that's how they referred to themselves after one of the live ones that you had been able to capture screamed at you you realized they could not have created the gates that brought them here they don't have the ability to do so which began to lead you down a path in finding, well, then if they can't do it, if nothing that has come through the gates has the ability to travel into our world, how did they do it? And you fill out, you're filling out the research, you recall all of this, and you recall that there must be something else. Someone else is pulling all these are Cool and allowing them to come into the world. And that was what you were going to present to. The elders, that's what you were going to present to the council. But before you could, you recall when you touched the pages last, you just seemed to, in your memory, jump from when you touched your pages before the meeting to being at the meeting. And being there, you were so angry and you couldn't explain it. The anger just welled up all throughout you and just built and built and you couldn't control yourself almost. And you recall now, looking back on it, that when you touch the pages, it's as if a spell from the document itself filled you with anger for everyone around you. And looking back at everything, you you now know you weren't banished because your research was stolen. That was a part of it. You were banished because of what this spell made you do. This spell caused you to lash out at everyone. And because of that, because of the fact that you were lashing out and you were considered a threat to your people, when the spell finally wore off was when you were banished. And you now realize that that was its whole purpose. The spell held you and would keep you away from the Thessun kingdom. Because while you were there, it activated this, this magic inside you that angered you, that built on a rage that you really didn't have, but you exhibited and you attacked anyone. And you were considered a threat by your people because of it. And that is why they banished you. And this rage and this guilt over something you couldn't fully explain or understand or even even remember caused you also to stay away from your people. At least with the mindset that if you could at least find your real research, maybe then you could redeem yourself. And as all this happens, you almost seem to know instinctively that the magic within you that had activated that rage, is gone. That, at this point, you can return home. His
4: knees kind of grow shaky a bit, and he actually has to sit down in that chair that he's been standing beside. And he's just kind of staring down into his lap, whispering things like, No, I didn't do that.
0: Dear, I wanted to simply show you before you came here that memories cannot be trusted. Memories can be manipulated, and by removing this, you can see how easily that can happen. You look up and kind of see, at the edge of the table, where right by where you're sitting, that teacup that had disappeared a moment ago is back filled with tea. I'm not your enemy, Tor. Not this time. I will look out for myself, but in this case, I am helping you. I still wonder, why do you need me? Because... As I was an intermediary for the Whispered Ones, I don't tend to like to do things myself if I don't need to. That is how I have lived as long as I have, little Tor.
4: After a few moments, he does gain the strength to stand. Is there anything else?
0: Time doesn't work the same way here in the Feywild, Tor.
4: I see. So I'll be back and almost no
0: time will have passed. Time here moves differently, not necessarily faster. You could be here a day, and a year may have passed. You could be here a week, and ten minutes may have passed. I have some degree of control over this, so that when you step out of my door, you'll return at a time and in an area that will be more beneficial to you than simply walking out and everything having already been resolved. Thank you. Every little bit helps, Tor. I can't predict the future. I don't know what will happen on your plane. But I prefer to have a few more pieces on my side than not. I'll be going now if there's nothing else. I have told you what the deals I wish to make. You have made the deals that you intend to honor now. I have nothing else at the moment. You are free to go, Tor.
4: By the way, he is dead, right?
0: Yes, Tor. The Oni that pretended to be the dwarf Trabon Strakel is dead. He'll go through the door without another word unless something stops him. You start to step to the door, and with a slight peek over your shoulder, Bai is just rocking in her chair again. But you see Firo now standing on the little table with... The tea that was for you in hand and he's just sipping some himself as you open the door and step out. Tor. Yes. First, I would like you to make a wisdom saving throw. 17. Okay. Then I would like you to make a dexterity saving throw (laughs) and Kalima, I would like you to make a strength saving throw.
4: My dex save was a 19.
5: 16.
0: Tor, as you are stepping out the door, you start to slip. And step, start to step quickly down some stairs, but you ca- start to catch yourself and slam into another door. Kalima, you feel the door behind you budge slightly,
5: but <laughs> hold it. Okay. Immediately, I will pull my mace out and, like, push, <laughs> like, brace my hand against it and just kind of, guys, somebody's here. Okay. We draw our weapons. <laughs>
3: yeah. Don't attack. Tor, is that you?
4: Tor? Yeah. I'm opening the door.
5: <laughs> no. Yes. How do we know it's you, actually you?
2: Yeah, okay, I think, guys, it's time for one of those classic quiz questions. Tor, if it's really you, what object did I light?
4: The magnifying glass.
2: Okay, yeah, it's him. Now just kind of
5: open the door for him, but step back, and I'm still, like, eyeing him closely, because yeah. he's been gone, and there's intellect of hours Yeah.
0: So you about. creak the door open, and Tor, you see a room in chaos compared to the night before. <laughs> All of your new allies, weapons drawn, like, Daryl has, seems to be almost ready to cast a firebolt at you as you enter into the room.
3: Now hold on, Tor, before you take another step. ebrath can you smell any, uh, intellect devourer on him?
0: Roll 2d20. Okay. You see a- 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 Pretty big dog coming right for you and smelling Uh, the air. He's
4: gonna insight that that sudden surprise dog immediately. Just what's going on here? Sixteen for the insight. That is a
0: twenty-four. Dog seems to be inspecting you. Okay, and it just it turns to look at you, Daryl, and just seems to shake his head.
3: All right, I guess it is him then. Can't be too sure.
2: Tor would notice that Saria would kind of be sidling up to him and staring at his ears. They look okay.
1: I would uh, put my sword back in my sheath and Mm -hmm. then walk up to Tor and lightly smack him on both sides of the face. Hello, buddy. (laughs) (laughs) The
4: sourest expression on my face.
2: Hello. Did it go okay, Tor? You're obviously in one piece.
1: How was your conversation with Bai Agosto? Immediately,
0: Vral kind of perks up. You spoke with Bai.
4: Yes. It's a lot to cover, shall I begin?
2: Hit the highlights for us. <laughs> As he's saying this,
5: Kalima's gonna kind of like push him a little bit forward, like fully more into the room, and then reclose the door
2: and retake up her post. <laughs> Sorry, question the DM. What time of day is it? I'm trying to keep track of when we're supposed to go back and meet up with Thovin.
0: It's getting pretty soon because it's going from early afternoon to mid-afternoon about this point.
2: So maybe like at an hour? Yeah. Okay, cool. Thank he you. He did
0: say he would cast a sending spell Though, when he would be going to meet you. I
2: know. Don't (laughs) want to, you know, disappoint him.
0: Uh Uh-huh. Do you want your friends to know, Tor? And you only hear that, by the way.
3: One
4: thing, other than, I I, I see you you dealt with the uh, beings that Relian brought with him. I was going to warn you of those. And the Feywild deals are more binding than I think any of us can imagine.
2: Like, magically binding?
4: Yes, there were a few times that a deal was struck, and I felt a chill throughout my very being.
2: Whoa, you went to a different plane?
4: (laughs) Do I need to back up?
2: It's a lot
3: to take in, so... (laughs) It's not something that's normally done.
2: Yeah, Yeah. Planar travel is something I've only, like, seen in footnotes.
3: I've only read about
2: it in books. In the footnotes.
0: something that someone only like Thovin Arborshade would be able to accomplish at this point.
2: Did you go with Thovin to the Feywilds without me?
4: Fayagosto is a very powerful fey. She's able to not only bring someone into that world, but she can influence the passage of time within the Feywild.
2: DM, can we make checks on the Feywild? Yeah. Yeah,
4: yeah, yeah. 20.
0: 3. 8. 16. Okay. Sorry, Akalima. Not a
2: clue. We know it's another (laughs) Um, plane, right?
0: (laughs) Daryl, you know the the Feywild is a plane that is rumored to where elves originated from. It is a very forested, very wild plane. Uh, Tend to be filled with more chaotic creatures and the Fey themselves. Sildon, having heard stories from your parents as you traveled... They often told you about this mystical land that the elves originated from, this place where time doesn't move. It's always in a perpetual state of dusk, yet anyone who apparently travels to and from it, time warps as you return. And there's also the potential for you to forget ever having been there if you don't have elven ancestry, in addition to everything that
1: Daryl knows. I will relay this information to the group.
2: So, Tor, you said something about making deals. What kind of deals did you make?
4: She had three such deals to ask of me. One was, I think, just to make a point of the power of deals in the Feywild. She simply wanted to examine this. Then he pulls out the magnifying glass. Okay. And she just handed it back to me. But I felt the chill. Tor? A second,
3: may, may I see the uh, magnifying glass?
4: Yes, I inspected it, but I was hoping you would do the same.
0: Tor, make a wisdom saving throw.
3: Nine.
4: <gasps>
0: you immediately second guess yourself and says, you know what? Actually, never mind. And don't want to give it to Daryl.
4: I snatch it back before
3: Daryl touches it. Can I insight that?
2: <laughs> yeah, please. Yep. yep. I think we'd all <laughs> like to insight That was super sketchy.
3: 21.
2: 17.
1: A
0: natural one, so it'll be a total of two.
2: A nine. Better All than All
5: right, So
0: Saria and uh, Sildan both, it seems as if he just, he suddenly changes his mind in such a split second <laughs> between starting to hand it out and pull it away. Unnaturally quick.
1: So I'll kind of give Saria a look.
2: So Tor, uh, do you mind if I check out Magnifying Glass? Because, you know, we kind of have a history. Me, Magnifying Glass, you know, the light spell, that whole thing.
0: Make another wisdom save.
2: I'm holding out my hand in what Saria believes to be a friendly manner. 18.
0: <laughs> okay. You suddenly think, don't know why you were feeling so protective of it. I mean, it costs a lot. And you hand it out to Saria.
2: Okay. I will take it and hope nothing bad happens.
3: Tor, I'd, I'd like to check and see if there's any mad residual magic on this. It seems odd that she would just take it and then hand it back.
2: Does it feel different now that, I, that I'm holding it, Tony?
0: Uh, make a investigation check. 15? Looking it over. Doesn't seem different from when you last saw it.
2: Okay. Seems the same to me.
0: Tori, is it okay if I check this for
3: residual magic?
4: <laughs> Do it quickly. I'm not sure what influence she still has upon
3: me. Well, it'll take me about 10 minutes.
5: If you guys would like, as we are going to be here for at least 10 minutes... I could, that
0: does mean, Daryl, you can't take a short rest.
5: But okay. that's why I can do okay. a prayer of healing. Okay. Just wanted to mention that. Because it does take 10 minutes for me to cast that.
2: Oh, perfect. Okay, good. So you guys will do a little spell casting. And I guess Sildan and I will stare at Tor.
0: Do you still have his magnifying glass? Yeah, I'm
2: still holding it. He hasn't taken it back and it looks fine to me. I stare at it, do mm-hmm. that thing where it makes you look like your eye's really big and then pull it back and forth. You know, so it gets bigger <laughs> and smaller.
4: I actually mm-hmm. look away from it just just in case, you know, focusing on it causes that weird feeling again.
2: So, what is Vral doing during all this Tony? He's
0: watching all of you uh. with interest. Uh.
2: Okay, so so Tor, <laughs> magnifying glass nonsense aside, she asked to hold it. What were what else did you agree to? What did you get from her?
4: As I mentioned, Relian being from another plane and being someone that has crossed by a ghosto is not someone that she's really fond of.
2: Is Relian a dragonborn?
4: I doubt it. Just because the plane that he's from is so little known, little understood. It's the Far Realm.
1: But I also feel like if there was somebody of an unknown race, we would have heard about it.
2: You mean here in Orenthal? Yeah, it seems like that would have come up. So, wait, who is this Relian? I don't think it's someone who's crossed by a ghosto and.
4: Someone who is the leader of this sect. Of the Whispered of Ones? The Whispered Ones.
2: Relion, you said? Just, the, just the name? DM, can we make checks on Reliod?
4: Yep, make a. History? History, history. check.
2: History. Oh, no. Uh, 17.
0: 4? 24. You don't recognize it from anything. Saria, same thing.
2: Okay, so it hasn't popped up in any of the books I've read that I can recall.
0: By this point, Kalima and Daryl, as you kind of are discussing rally on and doing all of that and Taurus filling you in a bit, Kalima first, go ahead and roll your healing.
5: Ten total hit points back to, it would be our group plus myself.
1: So that now with that, can I roll hit dice? You will be able to take a,
0: a short rest. Okay. Daryl, as your detect magic goes off, you detect see the faintest hint of- an enchantment on the magnifying glass.
3: Did we do a uh, detect magic on what was the hag's eye before it was destroyed? You did. Does this bear resemblance to that?
0: Nope.
3: I I was going to say, I'm going to let the group know that I do detect something on the magnifying glass that I assume it was not a magical magnifying glass before this. So there appears to be some kind of enchantment on this.
2: All right, so she did something to the magnifying glass to enchant it to make Tor super possessive. Tor, what what else happened? You said there's this Relion who she told you is leader of the Whispered Ones.
1: Yeah, actually, Rawl, have you ever heard of a uh, Relion? No. <laughs> I feel like I've heard the name
0: maybe before, but it's it doesn't ring any particular bells. Did she say anything more about this Relion?
4: No. She said that. Even though Relian does not honor his deals, and apparently somehow is How not- did she
0: break the deal? I thought you said he's magically bound.
4: Somehow he was not bound.
0: Yet she is?
4: Yes.
2: You said he's from a far realm or something like that?
4: That is the name of the plane as was given to me.
2: So maybe he's not bound by the laws of the Feywild for some reason, because he's from another plane?
4: By that logic, neither should we be.
2: But. Yeah, but our plane's like the the low, crummy plane. Like, not one of the special ones.
3: <laughs> can we make some kind of check on the what we know about the far realm?
0: You can try an arcana check. A 22. 20.
2: 13.
0: You guys have never heard of this plane. <laughs> None okay. of us. Wow. None of you.
2: Unless this whole story. So this whole story could be something by Augusto made up, right? Yeah. Like, just to like mess with us or mess with tor because that's what she does
3: because i i've read a lot i haven't heard of this
2: yeah is it all just like her just messing with us for some sort of nefarious goal did she seem nefarious when you saw her
0: so tor you hear (laughs) just in your head
4: even now she's taking enjoyment out of this
2: how do you know that
4: i hear her
1: oh oh you hear her in your head
2: Means she can hear us, guys.
1: Yeah, in the sense that she can hear us as well.
2: All right. Tor, I know we don't know you super well, and you're not really, like, close with us, but is it okay if we, like, check you over to see if you're carrying anything or brought back? Like, I don't know, like, we had that hag's eye before.
4: I feel you'll only find whatever she wants you to
3: find.
2: Okay. Good, Tor. You're learning. He glares. Sarai's like, okay, we're just trying to help. Yeah,
0: what are you glaring at? (laughs)
4: Nothing. It's fine.
2: So, can we check through Tor's stuff?
0: Yeah, mis- make an investigation
4: check. Just
2: like if there's anything weird on him that he didn't have before, or like, are you that still holding different. the glass, the magnifying Yeah, glass? I'm still holding. I'm still brandishing it. Are you holding just- it
0: in your hand? Yeah,
2: I've been gesticulating with it this whole time. Can I try okay. holding the glass? You kind
0: of might have to put it down to search him.
2: <laughs> yeah, I'll hand it over to Kaliba.
0: <laughs> so, investigation checks on anyone who's okay inspecting Tor and his stuff. Twenty-four. 18. You see that he has a bunch of stacks of paper with what seem to be research notes on it that's different from kind of what he had before.
2: Is it written in Dwarvish? It's written in Dwarvish.
0: I
1: understand this writing.
0: So you do see uh, the very first page discusses research on the Cool by Rurik Meldwal.
2: Whoa, Tor, is this your research? Yes. The research you've been losing your mind about?
4: As far as I can tell, but at this point, I don't trust my memories anymore.
1: Why? Do they seem odd or something?
4: They were manipulated before. They could be again.
2: I would like to uh, check the papers to see if they have anything psionic as I'm flipping through them, if I get anything out of it.
0: Searching through, you find no indication of any
1: psionic imprint on them.
2: Okay, it's just a bunch of pages in Dwarvish to me.
1: Yep. Okay, I can can actually read Dwarvish. I'll hand
2: them to Sildan.
3: I can read It will it take as you as well.
1: hours to
0: well, read. Well,
2: to, to, to flip through it and just see, like, does it, it yeah. make sense? Okay. Is it like make coherent? an
0: investigation check?
1: I'm not good at these.
2: <laughs> you rolled pretty well so Twelve. far.
0: Twelve, okay. Yep. You start to flip through. Seems very academic, but you don't notice anything else particularly weird about it.
1: So, I'll just I'll hand him back to tour and go, "Yes, this seems very smartly worded and out of my league. <laughs> let, let me see them. I I can actually read dwarvishan. I'm Are a you bit okay more I
3: to, to Daryl studied.
2: Are you calling Sildona uneducated? Oh, no, no. I'm, I'm calling I'm just...
1: uneducated.
4: I turned to Daryl. As you can see on page 217 uh, in the second paragraph, I discovered that these dark cool had to be pulled into the world by some other means. And most likely, Relion was that means.
3: I see.
2: So Relion is some powerful thing from another plane called the Far Realm who brought ghouls here and is now leading the Whispered Ones, which has something to do with the assassination attempt.
4: If Baigosto is to be believed. And I tried to work into this deal that uh, in exchange for the research i would only carry out my end so long as all that she told me was true so assuming that he is a mutual enemy of us of orenthal by Augusto, he probably will not surrender in which case i have no qualms with us killing him
2: you're saying you agreed to kill him
4: yes
5: what was the exact wording of the deal you made
0: The deal was, for as long as everything Bai told Tor about Raleon was true, Tor would eliminate him.
5: So, thought. Eliminate doesn't necessarily mean kill. It just means stop. Maybe it's like banish? Banish work. From another plane? I'm just saying we have options besides killing.
4: Did I get that impression that she was being vague and not actually meaning kill?
0: You believe she meant kill. Whether or not she was being intentionally vague about it is... You're not sure.
4: Can you clarify this, (laughs) Spy? I know you're listening.
0: There's no response.
2: Okay, so, I mean, this is a lot. A lot to take in.
4: Maybe kill, maybe not. Uh, If not, and we don't, I'll probably suffer some kind of serious consequence. Maybe I'll uh, cease to remember things for the rest of my life.
2: Did you ask what happens if you break the deal?
4: She said what happened if I were to touch those papers before we made the deal.
2: The the headaches and the psychic pain?
4: I would never remember everything for the rest of my days. More or less. Oh.
2: Or or less. You know, more or less.
4: <laughs> she likes to be cryptic.
2: Yeah. We've, we've noticed. Okay. As
0: you guys are talking, the Shadow Mastiff that had run off seems to return to Vral looking little- his head's bowed low like like he failed,
2: <laughs> he's he's ashamed. Mm-hmm. Oh, no. buddy!
0: <laughs> you see, Vral just kind of like scratches him and says, "It's all right."
2: <laughs>
0: Those tunnels run very deep.
2: How does Vral's face look now that he got some healing from Kalima?
0: He's looking better. The wound actually seems to be healing a little bit on its own.
2: Oh, ah.
0: hmm, uh-huh. like he has some Healy. a little bit of regenerative ability.
5: So, Tor. I believe you mentioned three. Yeah. Good parts. counting, Kalima. We we've got two. Kill. That's true. Or eliminate. And you were wanted she wanted to hold magnifying like, glass. Yeah, Kalima's like kinda waving the magnifying glass around She <laughs> wanted to mess with this. So what would be the third part?
4: The second was the one I thought you might find most objectionable. The third was interesting. She said in a ten day, to meet her at her home, alone. And in exchange for this, she would show me creatures I could never have imagined and allow me to study them, and or that she would allow me to see them. So, okay, I'll, I'll meet her at her home and decide what to do from there. So long as I go, I've met my end of the bargain.
2: Is her home the Feywild, or is her home the place that, that Daryl set on fire?
4: Her home... What? <laughs> don't worry.
2: About
1: oh me. yeah. Know about that.
2: Uh okay, so we uh mentioned you know, intellect devourers, smothering rug, set her house on fire, but everything's fine. We set put it Set A out. house
3: on fire. May not have been hers. It was a house. It looked pretty it looked pretty run down.
2: That's true, but she was there before she left. But
4: I fold my arms.
2: So you but we don't know where her home is?
4: I know where her home is. It's where I met her the first time.
2: All right. Well, this has been great. Good story time. Just to fill in some of those gaps that we might have left, you know, with the mention of the smothering rug in the fire and the intellect devourer. And then, sorry, we'll launch into a quick overview about Fulmer and the intellect devourer and Seldon almost dying and briefly mention Daryl's rug heroics.
3: So she definitely said that you have to go alone, because I would definitely be interested in notes on uh, undiscovered creatures and animals.
2: We have more immediate things to deal with than research, guys. Yeah,
1: guys. This is Also, as you
0: guys are talking, you see the two Shadow Mastiffs are pulling the dead bodies into the next room.
2: That's fine. That's cool. I'm not going to worry about that. (laughs) I don't want to know. Let's
4: not think too
2: carefully. Yeah, let's not worry about that.
0: Vral seems to be paying no attention to them. He's completely focused on you guys.
2: I get, yes, the research, that's great. That's wonderful. You know, Daryl, Tor, you guys could go forth in a ten day. Right now, we know that there's an attempt to assassinate some of these important leaders. And we think there might be intellect of ours involved. And that seems very immediate and dangerous. Well,
0: they're also clearly using the waterways.
2: What?
1: There's also the possibility that one of these intellect devourers are manipulating my little ones.
2: Yeah, what, what about-
4: And I did mention those are from the same plane, by the way, as Relian himself.
2: What about the waterways?
0: He points to the other door that leads out of the room. This is a passage that leads to the waterways, and all the attackers came from it. Clearly they're using the waterways of the city to travel.
2: You mean sewers, right?
0: Well, some of the water is sewage, some is not. Magic diverts the ones that's actually drinkable and diverts the ones that are not.
2: So, overall, you're saying through that door we can get to, the, to these underground passages and maybe we can figure out how they're using them to navigate?
0: You could. They're a maze, though. That tends to be why I use them.
5: That means you probably know them better than any of us here. That's a good point.
0: I do have a crude map of them, of what I've- been able to discover so far.
5: I'm just like staring at him like go on. Yes.
0: (laughs) He kind of reaches into a back pouch and pulls out a rolled up piece of parchment and holds it out.
5: I would step forward and grab it and unroll it and kind of look it over to see if it looks like Is everyone looking at this by the way?
0: Yeah. Daryl make an intelligence check for me.
3: I got a natural 20. 24 total.
0: So you start to stare at it and you go wait a minute and Daryl just like starts reaching into his pack and s- pulls out those scraps of parchment you had and starts to shuffle through them, and you pull out several bits that you're not sure what language this is in, but you start to kind of lift it up, and they begin to match a couple of the spots in the map
1: oh.
0: with a spot specifically that seems to be- a couple of spots that seem to be marked. You're not sure for what purpose, but- It's not marked in the same way on Vral's map.
2: Like, with a symbol or something, you mean?
0: It it seems more like someone made a specific point of putting a mark of something on these spots.
2: Like an X marks the spot. Kind of.
0: (laughs) I'll ask Vral, what's in this
3: area? And point to, like, where the two line up on his map from the scraps that I have.
0: Kind of looks over. Well, this one just is a, a tunnel that passes underneath... The wizard's tower in the center of the city, this one, he points to one quite a ways farther to the left of the map, is essentially a diverting chamber where the water splits to two separate areas by the gold Petal gardens
2: district. So, Tony, question to the DM. Since we know where our missing people have come from, can we see if those locations that they were stationed match up with these marks? Is there a check we can make, like?
0: Make a survival check.
2: 14.
1: 13. 26. 20.
2: 13.
0: So Tor and Sildan, you kind of look over in terms of where people have gone missing. And as you study the the pieces that Daryl has and compare them to the one that Vral has, you do see what seem to be a couple of potential points of entrance to this waterway in the general areas that some of the people have gone missing. Though you don't- no one from the, the one where he pointed to the gold petal gardens that was marked, or the one that- the tunnel that passes uh, beneath the central uh, district, don't know of anything why that those marks are there. No one's been missing from there.
2: So, these look like infiltration points?
0: They're points in which it looks like you can get into the waterways. According to- you, you asked- I'll say you asked Vral a little bit on this, and he's like, yeah, those- these points you can actually go into
2: the waterway Into or out. Or out of. Okay, gotcha. Just wanted to make sure.
4: So I find it interesting that one of those marked spots is directly under the Wizard's Tower. Mm-hmm. I was just
3: thinking the same thing.
5: Mm-hmm.
4: Thamior? Yeah. Maybe.
2: But what about Gold Petal's District? So, okay, so we got one of the Wizard's Tower. What about where Captain Marsk is stationed?
0: The tunnel that passes directly beneath the Wizard's Tower- doesn't pass over the royal guard barracks, or I mean, under the royal guard barracks. Okay, at so all. nothing there. Saria, you hear in your head, "Hello." <gasps> we were to meet soon. Yes. Should I still head to the Nickel Granger Tavern or elsewhere?
2: Elsewhere. Okay. Wait. Uh, what's this place <laughs> called? I ask Voral. How would I give someone directions?
0: Uh, why?
2: It's Thovin. He's coming to, I don't know, share information with us. You ah, know Thovin.
0: Um, n- no. Uh, Head to Lash's shop.
2: Lash's shop? Meet him
0: there. It's nearby.
2: Lash hates me. Yes. You're supposed to say no, that's not the case. (laughs) (laughs) No reassurance? Come on.
0: (laughs) He just has a big smile.
2: Okay, fine. She
0: hates most people.
2: That's true. All right, well-
0: She'll give you space.
2: Does that sound okay with everyone? Thovin's asking where he should meet us because- I think he'll have more information for us, so maybe we can start to- We've got a lot of puzzle pieces, but we don't have, like, the box that shows the picture.
3: <laughs>
4: yeah.
2: Yeah, that's fine. Okay, so I guess we're going to Lash's place.
4: And, for all, before we go, it's possible that if we go down there, there may be some locked doors.
0: Yes, there might be, Tor.
4: I don't suppose you have some of these tools I could
0: borrow. Just one, pair. Thank you. He kind of- does a gesture to one of the dogs and rushes out of the room. A moment later, rushes back and drops a small kit into his <laughs> hands, which he quickly wipes off and hands over to you.
2: Man, these dogs are amazing. No wonder Daryl wants one.
0: <laughs> right? Seriously.
2: Well, I have
3: a,
0: a dog. I was about to say, Breath is just eyeing them.
2: Does he the look whole time. mistrustful?
0: No, he's like, I could take him.
2: <laughs> <laughs> that
0: makes sense. And that's where we're going to end this episode for today.
2: Thank
4: you so much for listening to this episode. Uh, Remember to follow us on Twitter at RulesIsWritten. Our podcast is available on Podbean, iTunes, Google Play, and Stitcher. Join us next time, dear listeners, right here in Orenthal. See ya!